Hello, dear listeners, and welcome to our record-breaking fifth episode of our monthly podcast, EEW, The Sound of SMEs. I'm Glenn Sazan, Secretary General of the European Enterprise Alliance, and I'm here with Marcin Nowacki, Vice President of the Polish Union of Entrepreneurs and Employers, and President of the EEA, and member of the European Economic and Social Committee. Welcome, Marcin, and good to have you back. Welcome. Thank you, Glenn. I'm glad to be here today. Great. So last time EEA waves, welcome to Matthias Bauer, Senior Economist at the European Center for International Political Economy, to discuss the mobility package. Today, we will be talking about the offshore renewable energy strategy. Marcin, as member of Group One, the employers group of the EESC, you are rapporteur for the opinion on the strategy. On 19th November last year, the European Commission, to help meet the EU's goal to climate neutrality by 2050, presented the EU strategy on offshore renewable energy. The strategy proposes to increase Europe's offshore wind capacity from its current level of 12 gigawatts to at least 60 gigawatts by 2030 and 300 gigawatts by 2050. The Commission aims to complement this with 40 gigawatts of ocean energy and other emerging technologies such as floating wind and solar by 2050. And Martin, on 14th of April, you presented the draft report to the EESC section for Transport, Energy, Infrastructure and the Information Society, TEM. Congratulations for its adoption, first of all. But uh, let's also start with basics. What is offshore renewable energy? Hmm. The wording of offshore renewable energy covers different energy sources and technologies. These are, of course, offshore wind energy, uh, floating offshore wind, ocean energy technologies such as wave and tidal devices, floating photovoltaic installations or thermal energy conversion. So the technologies you mentioned, are they mature enough at the moment? It depends. Specific technologies are different stages of development. For example, floating photovoltaic installations are currently in use. However, this is still a new solution. The most common and well-known offshore energy technology is offshore wind energy. This is what Europe is focusing on today. I see. And the difference from 12 gigawatts now to 300 gigawatts in 2050 is 25-fold. Furthermore, the Commission says, and I quote, the investments needed for the large-scale deployment of offshore renewable energy technologies by 2050 is estimated at almost 800 billion euros, around two-thirds to fund the associated grid infrastructure and a third for offshore power generation. So, Martin, I mean, looking at these numbers, do you think it's, it, it is achievable? This is a huge challenge and it will be difficult. According to the strategy, by 2030 and 2050, offshore wind energy will generate approximately 7.4% and 16.8% uh, uh, of all EU electricity, compared to an estimated 1.6% in 2020. Investments require a lot of coordination at the level of member states and the EU as a whole. Clear procedures, friendly legislation and efficient supply chains are needed. Finally, private capital is needed to be able to implement new projects. Of course, countries through the companies are also involved in offshore energy. 
In the EU, the process is enforced by regulations, specifically the cost of CO2 emissions, uh, and significant, often rapid changes in the price of electricity dynamize the process of changes. Offshore energy is difficult and requires more capital. I'm delighted to have been able to act as a reporter for the ESC opinion. A big thank to the study group members and uh, all members of the 10th section. It all supports the provisions of the European Commission strategy. Unfortunately, though, the strategy did miss some points and some changes are needed. Focusing, of course, on the points missed and needed amendments, what are your thoughts about how the strategy approaches wind energy? Uh, first of all, the strategy does not include calculations of the contribution of wind energy to reducing greenhouse gas emissions to net zero in 2050. When limiting CO2 emissions, we must take, in, take into account the overall energy mix of the member state and the EU. This means that we have a, uh, a role for each energy source. This is missing from the European Commission strategy. Uh, and personally, I miss the public focus and discussion about the energy mix itself. We often limit ourselves to single technologies and promote one solution. But uh, we have to think about the energy balance and the way, we, the way to stabilize renewable sources with a predictable, efficient and low carbon solution. Today, we have limited known and tested technologies to stabilize the system. These are coal, natural gas, oil, and nuclear power. And the strategy, from my perspective, also lacks reference to the problem of recycling used wind turbines. The topic is not addressed at all. And we know about problems, for example, in Germany in this area. Interesting. Um, on another perspective, in its press corner, the European Commission asks in its own Q&A, is this strategy beneficial for all member states? And in their own answer, they speak about the North Sea, the Baltic Sea, EU Atlantic countries, the Mediterranean Sea, the Black Sea and the EU islands about all having potential to become the, shall we call it, source does this reflect your opinion? Is there a balanced approach from what you see? In the ESC opinion, we also pay attention to the need for fair attention and investment in different sea basins. We understand the infrastructural advantages coming from the development of projects in the North Sea, but other European basins must be paid similar attention, especially due to the need to ensure the security of energy supply. Um, and do you see that there is a specific focus on the North Sea overall compared to other European basins? Uh, there is, definitely. Uh, and I understand that because uh, uh, we have uh, lots of uh, oil and gas infrastructure over there. Uh, we know the basin very well. Uh, it's, uh, it's not deep. It's uh, easy to operate. Uh, so we understand this direction at the first stage, but still, uh, it doesn't mean we, we cannot work uh, at the same time with different buses. Coming back to funding of these ambitions, um, what needs to be done? What do you see as a, as a necessary step? 
Again, uh, we need coordination at the level of member states and the EU as a whole. I would call for clear procedures, friendly legislation and efficient, efficient supply chains with strong focus on local service and product providers. I would also encourage the EU to create a, a dedicated financial instrument at the EU level. Investments in offshore infrastructure are much more cost intensive than onshore projects. In principle, we do not want offshore projects to be implemented only by a few international industry players. A dedicated financial instrument would, should help member states to develop technology and competences in the companies in their territory. This is a very specific point I wanted to touch upon and uh, concerns the service providers or the product providers as well. With such opportunities for business to carry out these ambitions, where, what are your concerns there? Uh, I urge member states and the European Commission to focus on the local content factor in offshore investments. We need to avoid uh, just export-import approach of products or services from a highly concentrated industry. The aim should be to expand the base of service providers, component suppliers, and wind turbine manufacturers. So the investment in offshore wind energy benefit local companies and societies that have been contributing to the just transition process. Okay. Now that uh, I've got a bit, much better picture of what, uh, what it really means and what the concerns are and what the approaches are, 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 and what approaches are needed, what are the next steps? Because the report voted during the April plenary session. When are we? When can we congratulate you? Uh, yeah, the opinion of the of the committee for which I was a reporter was adopted at the plenary session on the twenty seventh of April. Mm -hmm. uh, I hope that the European Commission strategy will be improved in several areas that we have touched on today. Uh, currently, I am focusing on energy mix analysis as well as the ratio of the installed installed power of a particular energy source versus average utilization factor. For example, onshore wind turbines have a utilization rate of 34% and nuclear energy has a utilization rate of 89%. To make it more clear, let me give you another example. To replace one nuclear plant uh, and this is a specific example from Germany. We need nearly 4,500 uh, onshore wind turbines. Both technologies are zero emission. So it is uh, worthwhile to consistently and critically analyze the energy transformation in which we participate. There you have it, dear listeners. Offshore renewable energy strategies are a key driver in green energy. But as ambitious and important the strategy is, there is a need to keep in mind the holistic cost of implementation, the energy mix aspects not to be forgotten, and to create a dedicated financial instrument and to guarantee fair inclusion for the whole union. Thank you for tuning into our podcast. If you have any questions or comments, feel free to write to Suzanne at enterprisealliance.eu. Martin, thank you again for uh, this very interesting podcast. Thank you, Glenn. Thank you. Thank you all. It's goodbye for me, dear listeners.
stay healthy and stay tuned.